We've, we've been talking about locking into a place. And actually, Thanksgiving and happiness, Thanksgiving, not Thanksgiving and happiness, Thanksgiving and joy are intertwined one with the other. And you can't truly be joyful unless you're thankful. You can't really walk in gratitude except that the Lord imparts into you joy from his Holy Spirit. And so we're going to talk and continue down that path. I, I, I've encouraged you the last few weeks to stop pursuing this emotional idea of being happy. Haven't I? Did you guys catch the screen? Did you catch those, that little, those little monologues there? It's fun. It's ironic how that one lady thought, hey, this will make me happy. And then before she can finish her sentence, the other lady jumps in and finishes it. And it goes completely another direction. And the guy shows up and he's really excited about what lies on the horizon. And the other guy's like, dude, I just want it to stop. And then he quit. what will make you happy? I can't answer that question. But you, you, you need to make it, there's a, we, we are a people of free will, the scriptures tell us. But the thing that started this whole thing is God chose to create human beings. And then he gets into this place called the garden and he gives man choice. And today, if you're going to be walking joy, you're going to have to make some decisions. You're going to have to make some choices. You're going to have to choose some things and that will ensure and create an atmosphere where joy exists, not just mere happiness. Are you with me? And so, you know, today, I make some really good choices. Anybody else like that? Do you make good choices? I make some really bad choices. On the other hand, though, too. I bought a couple of vehicles I would choose never to buy again. And after I got them, my happiness went out the window. And I think most of us do that. Some choices, I know ahead of time that they're going to ensure a particularly nice or good outcome. Other choices kind of leave me in the dark. I'm not sure how it's going to go out. Are you like that? But I learn over time what good decisions are and what bad decisions are, what good choices are and what bad choices are. So with that being said, I need some volunteers who just want to come up here and make choices with me. Anybody. I need at least 10 of you to come up here and make choices with me. One, two, where's, I saw a couple hands. Three, four, come on, come on, come on. Anybody? Five, let's go, let's go. Come on, don't stop, don't stop. Six, John, come on. Oh, you guys. How about if I told you guys there's going to be some incentive? Jimmy, come on. Who else? Who else? How many we got? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I need three more people. Three more people. Mona, come on, she's brave. And Drew, I need one more. Who's going to be the last lucky contestant on the choices right? Larry, come on, come on. I'm going to help you guys today make a good choice. I guarantee you, some people, I'm glad Jim's not decided because he's, he looked into my bin of prizes. And I knew he, I came here last night and put some things in there. And I knew Jim would be here for worship practice, and I knew he'd try and peek in, so I locked the two latches up. I came in this morning, they were unlatched. Then before service started, Jim goes, dude, what is in there? And I'm like, I'm not telling, man. <laughs> Here's the thing, I want somebody, we're going to make choices today, okay? We'll make choices. I'm going to start with John, because he's the first one, okay? And we're going to learn how to make a good choice, okay? Now, John's kind of the guinea pig. So he's not going to be able to see the cards, okay? 
I want you to choose a card, any card, any card whatsoever. Just pick a card. Let me see the card. A red king. Would you like a hundred grand? Oh, hang on right here. Right here, right here, right here. Dude, I have a hundred grand for you. Hang on, hang on. John. You two are like number two in line, so I need you to pick a card as well. Let's see what choice you made. Ooh, a black jack. Okay, okay. Oh, what's that mean? Black jack. I got to remember in my mind which one goes with what. Okay, okay, okay. Black jack, black jack. You have inherited a nice piece of asparagus. Thank you very much. Okay. All right, all right, all right. Burl? I'm going to let you start seeing the cards, okay? All right, all right. You're going to pick a card. Pick a card, any card. Ooh, a black king. Hang on, just right there, right there, right there. You, too, have inherited a nice piece of asparagus. Way to go, way to go. go. Okay, okay. Michelle, Michelle. Ooh, a red queen. Very cool. Would you like 100 grand, too? Very good. I, I thought you'd answer that question correctly. Very good. Okay. Okay. Come on. Come on. Who's next? Who's next? Pick one. Pick one. A red king. Okay. Hang on. Hang on. A red king. You too get a hundred grand. Keep that card. Hey, just throw them in. That's good. I'll get in my. Jimmy. Yes, sir. Pick a card. Any card. A red jack. Oh my goodness. Look at this, out of my joy box. A hundred grand. Uh-oh. She's, she's going with the, the euchre hand? Black Jack. I'm so sorry. The left bar will get you nothing in our game, so you get asparagus too. Red Queen. Okay, okay, okay. Hang on, you guys are getting it. Hundred grand for Michael. Could love my wife to get some too. Because I made a great choice. Anyway. Drew. I knew that was because Drew the competitor, he always wants to win. And Larry. We've got three black cards left. That's a choice, too. Oh, Larry decided to go the healthy route and get a real smelly piece of wonderful asparagus. Don't eat it all in one place. Now, you guys see the, the, the predicament here? John starts out not knowing really how his decisions are going to go. Okay. He just makes a choice in hopes that something good comes out of it. John's kind of like, okay, there's something good happening here. That's pretty cool. All right, all right, all right. I see something happening. And he really doesn't know. And it gets another different kind of an option. Burrow becomes a little more illuminated. He begins to apply principles of the word of the pastor. And he says, okay, red, black, red, black, red. I'm going to try black and see what happens again. 
Unfortunately for Burrow, it was a bad choice. But Michelle's like, hey, 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 I see something happening here. I want to walk in something that brings great joy to my heart, and a hundred grand sounds great. Give me a red card. And Kelly's like, dude, I am so on that too. Let's roll. And Jimmy's like, yeah. And then the moment thinks I'm trying to pull a crooked on her. <laughs> Does the pastor really mean what he says? Maybe we are playing euchre here. And she goes for the, the high card and comes up trying to outwit the guy who's in charge <laughs> and gets another piece of asparagus. But Mike's like, dude, I'm not falling for that, brother. I see how that works. So I'm going red all the way, and he ends up with 100 grand. Drew's like, dude, I am a competitor. I want to win all the time. Give me a red card. And Larry's like, dude, I am just stuck. <laughs> there are no options left. But you see, we learn to make a good decision. As we moved down the line, decisions became clear. And the more we apply the principles of what we learn, especially from the Word of God, we will find that the choices we make are not just about happiness, they are about joy. Give these guys a hand and let them have a seat. Go enjoy your... Oh, I need your cards back because i got to pull a quick one on the, on the, second, the second crew too. So. She's like, I don't want the asparagus. Thank you very much. Neither does Burl. Burl broke his in half. He's like, dude, I am done with that. All right. Do you get my point? Choices make the difference here. We make choices, and we can either walk in blessing, or we can walk in stinkiness. Life can really smell really bad, and a lot of the things that make life smell really bad are the, the choices and decisions that we make. And the scriptures are very clear that there were certain choices we make that ensure that God will walk with us in them. He will help our life be productive and satisfying and successful. We have to make good choices. If you're walking with me, we need to go to Philippians chapter 4. A few weeks ago, we talked about, um, how to make, about happy, what being, being happy. Happy, the definition we did in week one was this, having a sense of confidence in or satisfaction with a person, an arrangement, a situation, or a situation. We have satisfaction or confidence in a person or a situation. Another definition we talked about was being satisfied with the quality or standard of things. Choices we make about three specific things will ensure or disrupt our joy. Decisions we make about situations, decisions we make about persons, and decisions we make about stuff or things will have a bearing on the joy that we walk in. We're going to do these things in reverse order. We're going to start with things first, okay? In Philippians chapter 4, we're going to zoom right into verses 4 and 5, okay? So let's zoom in like with a, with a zoom camera and go right to verses 4 and 5. In verse 4, he says, always be full of joy in the Lord. And Paul's like, dude, let me say that one more time real loud. I say it again. Re, everybody say it with me. Joyce. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Here's the focal point of the passage. Paul said, always be full of joy in the Lord. Let me shout it one more time. Re, you're doing great, even without a band up here. I am so pleased. We'll get to that in a minute. Remember, the Lord's coming soon. He's saying there, choose joy. Make a decision. 
He, he, when he infers that you, 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 have, you have to make, you have to do something about it, always be full of joy, he's inferring you have to make choices. You have to decide that joy is the focal point. He's giving you a command. In other words, there's another option available. If there's a command to do something, the opposite can also be done. You can choose not to be joyful. You can choose not to be focusing on the Lord. You can choose that. He's saying choose joy. Make this choice. Make this choice. The Ten Commandments are all about choices. I can either choose to obey the Sabbath or not obey the Sabbath. I can choose to take the Lord's name in vain or I can choose not to take the Lord's name in vain. I can choose to covet my, my neighbor's stuff or I can choose not to covet my neighbor's stuff. My decisions in those scenarios will ensure where I'm at in the, in the, in the, 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 the process of walking with the Lord. Are you with me? And Paul right here says, always be joyful in the Lord. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. This word rejoice is an old French word, and it comes from two separate words. They often did that, you know, put them together, compound words. From re, like this, is expressing intensive force. I like that. The word re means to express intensive force. In other words, there's an intention about it, and there's effort behind it. Hey, re- Moses. No. Um, <laughs> rejoice in the Lord. Somebody, somebody turned on their, their phone with a little audio Bible app on it and started saying, rejoice in the Lord. I was like, hey, <laughs> woo. <laughs> rejoice. To express, it expresses intensive force. There's an intention behind it and there's effort behind this. Joyce, which is not a woman's name, it's a thing, it's to be, what does it say? Expressing full joy, experiencing full joy. So he's saying, man, look at this. I want you to be intensive about experiencing joy. I want you to put effort in experiencing joy. I want you to make good decisions and be intentional about this thing of joy. Do you get that? Now he says, let, let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. This word considerate has the idea of forbearance with it. It means to be patient, to be self-controlled. It has the idea of restraint and tolerance. It has this idea that you're living in such a way that you, everybody can see you're different. Let everyone see that you're considerate. Let every, I mean, you're not the lady at the Walmart pepper spraying people because you want the deal. <laughs> That's not joy. I saw a pastor tweet yesterday, only in America can we spend one day thanking God for all that he's already given us and spend the next day beating each other up trying to get the deal. Yeah. <laughs> only in America. Did that happen? Isn't that crazy? That's not joy, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know that lady's faith. I don't know if she knows Jesus or not. But dude, when you can pepper spray another person who's Christmas shopping in line because you got to have the deal, that, my brothers and sisters, is not joy. What happened to that thing the angel said? We bring you glad tidings of great joy. Kind of missed that part, Sorry. And so he's telling us that we've got to make decisions. We've got to be intentional. We've got to apply effort to this idea of joy. Now, although we've zoomed into verses 4 and 5, let's zoom it back a bit and see the whole picture. Are you with me? Let's drop back to, chapter, to verse 1. Okay? Verse 1, he begins to give us, check this out. How many guys, how many guys love 3D, 3D stuff? You guys like 3D? Who's like, like we'll go straight into the 3D movie in a minute, like at the theater? Raise your hand. Be brave. Be bold. Dude, I'm like to like a 3D dude, man. Have you seen that one Capital One commercial? 
Huh? You see that one guy where, where like Alec Baldwin's doing like the thing and he's like the double guy, double flight miles. I don't remember what it is. And that, that couple's there, got the 3D glasses on. And the guy goes, dude, he's so real. <laughs> he's like, dude, I'm standing right here, you know. I like it when things come to life. We went and saw Narnia with the kids at the Danbury last Christmas break thing, whenever, during the matinee, what was it? And I love that because, like, you could see, like, the dragon deal and all. Gee, the sea serpent is like, shit. I'm like, oh, dude. You guys remember back in the, in, in, in the 80s when Phil Dirt and the Dozers would do that Friday night, like, movie flick thing? And they did, uh, what was that? The Creature from the Black Lagoon in 3D. You could buy, like, 3D glasses at Kroger or somewhere. You guys remember that? You guys are like, dude, we don't remember that at all. I'm like, man, come on. I love that. But see, our joy is to, Mike's like, dude, I'm right there. He's one of my movie guys. We do guy movie nights every now and then together. Rock on, Mike. Don't quit. 3D. Our joy should be alive. It should be not just... The, the, the things that go on in our lives should be alive and full of life. It should reach out and grab people. We should walk in three dimensions of joy that has height, that has depth, that has width, that people can reach out and they can get their hands around, that this person is different, that this person has something I don't have, that there's something about them that makes them approachable, attractable, something like that where, where they just they know there's something going on. And Paul gives us three D's for us to understand what walking in joy is about. Okay? And I'm going to wear these glasses the rest of the day because they like, give me a headache. Ooh. Number one, we're reading verse one. Last week we talked about the secret to living was contentment. This we're going to talk about choosing joy. Philippians 4.1 says this. Do you remember something? What did I say at the end of the week last week? You guys remember? Joy cannot be Stolen. Are you right? Joy, joy can't be, you remember this? Joy cannot be stolen. Joy must be given away. People can't steal your joy. The only way they, th- they steal your joy is if you give it to them. The only way they walk away with it is because you've given them something to walk away with. They can't take it from you. Your job can't take your joy from you. All right? Your aunt, your uncle that you can't get along with can't steal your joy from you. All right, that coworker who gossips can't take your joy from you. It must be given away. And Paul tells us how to stay true to joy. Philippians 4 1, therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stay true to the Lord. I love you and long to see you, dear friends, for you are my joy and the crown I receive for my work. The first thing I want to talk about here is don't give in to distraction. That's the first D. Don't give in. He says, stay true to the Lord. Stay true to the Lord. Whatever comes, whatever happens, do not cease to be true. This is the choice about focus. He's saying stay focused on what's really important. Stay true to the Lord. Man, we drove past Walmart late Thursday night. At 8.30, the place did not open until 10 o'clock. At 8.30, the parking lot was full. And I went... What is that? What, what, what? My wife went back into town later, drove past there. The traffic was backed up both directions on Bridge Street trying to get into Walmart. I think some people are a little bit distracted about what's really important. I'm just saying. 10 o'clock on Thanksgiving to beat down a door of a rest. Of, did you hear about that Hollister place that got broke? They, they, they advertised or something. They're open at noon, at midnight. A bunch of people showed up. The worker's like, we're not opening yet. We're not, we're not supposed to open yet. And then the people went nuts. So 
and they broke into the place and looted the place. All for Christmas shopping purposes. Oh, thank you very much. I think some people are distracted. This choice is about focus. He says, therefore, straight true to the Lord. Now listen, he could have chosen distractions, Paul. Paul, Paul could have chosen. He had all, all kinds of reasons to be distracted. The dude was shipwrecked. He was beaten. I mean, you go through the list of things Paul suffered. He had a lot of reasons to not stay true to the Lord. He had a lot of reasons to be frustrated. He had a lot of reasons to be angry with people. He had a lot of reasons to do it. But he chose to stay true to the Lord, stay true to his calling. He said, dude, I know about this focus, this idea of focus. You want to walk in joy? Stay focused. Don't get distracted by temporary stuff. Don't get distracted. He says you should focus on the Lord. He says you should focus on the work at hand. God's got a calling for each of us. And what will help us walk in joy is pursuing that calling. Some of you are frustrated and angry with life because you know, you know you're not doing what you should be doing. God's put something in your heart to accomplish something big for him. And you walk in, in, in a, with a sour face because every day you wake up, that stares you in face. And you choose not to follow that calling. You choose not to do that work for the Lord. You choose not to follow him to the end of the road. And that's why joy has escaped you. Now you're getting awful quiet on me. But that's the truth. He focused on eternity. He says, you are the joy and the crown I receive from my work. He's looking forward to the day he will stand in heaven. And he will see these people who've come to faith in Christ. And he'll go, dude, that was all worth it, man. Every one of those shipwrecks, every one of those lashes, every one of those things. To see these people here in heaven with me is beyond real. And he stayed focused on that before he ever got there. Colossians 3, 1 tells us this. Listen to these words. Oh, my goodness. Since you've been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the, re- on the realities. Do you catch that word? I love the way New Living Translation writes that. Set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ and God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all of his glory. That, my friends, is focus. That is not giving in to distraction. That, my friends, is finding a place where joy can grow and operate in your life. And I want some. Well, I'm digging this today. I don't know if you are or not, but I kind of like it. Number two, verses two and three. This is going to get a little bit, everybody say he's going a little bit deeper now. Because that's about, that's about stuff mostly. That's about temporary things here on this planet. It's about the car not working when you went out to get in it today. It's about the TV not working like it's supposed to. It's about the computer you want to throw out the window. It's about these stuff that just come and give us distraction. You know what I mean? It's about that stinking cell phone that since you did that update, it still don't work right. And it, gets you, it, it takes your joy from you because you hand it over to the phone. You get what I'm saying? You get distracted. That's about things. That's about stuff. Now we're going to go a little deeper because now we're going to talk about people. Look at verse 2. Now I appeal to Euodia, isn't that a nice name? And soon Tuke. Please, he says, because you belong to the Lord, settle your disagreement. And I ask you, my true partner, to help these two women, for they worked hard with me and telling others the good news. They worked along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are written in the book of life. 
You want to know something else that's going to take your joy from you if you hand it over to it? Is disagreements, personality conflicts. Don't give in to disagreements. Don't give in to people conflicts. Don't get, because if you want, you want to find somebody, I, f- I found people who can't walk in joy have a beef with somebody else most of the time. They have something going on, ongoing in their heart that is unresolved, and they can't quite get that thing, and you have to make a choice. You have to make a choice today. Some of you have sat here for months, and there are people in your life you are angry with, you are frustrated about, and every morning you get up, you choose not to forgive them. And you wonder why you don't have joy. And you wonder why life seems all dried up. And you wonder, but the Bible makes it perfectly clear. You want to walk in joy? You got to get rid of this disagreement deal. You got to take care of this, this personality conflict. Some of you right now, Christmas hasn't got here yet. You suffered through Thanksgiving, literally. And now you're thinking, oh, crud, I got Christmas to get to. Uh, they're going to be there again. Dude, choose today. To walk in the joy of the Lord by operating in this idea of forgiveness. Make Christmas different this year. But dude, you don't know my family. Nancy just prayed this morning. It was beautiful. I wanted to just reach over and hug you. She prayed this morning that people would walk in this before she knew what I was going to preach about. And she said she saw some guy on TV this week whose testimony was his dad had sexually abused him for years as a child. And the thing that broke loose in his life, things that were messed up, was he chose to forgive his dad. I wanted to just jump out of the seat in there at the prayer meeting. I was like, yeah. Forgiveness is huge. And you, a lot of you are messed up where joy is concerned because you just won't. You've read the scriptures. You know the stuff. And so-and-so did this, and so-and-so did that, and whatever happened. And Paul looks at these two ladies in this church, Euodia and soon Tuke, and he tells them, get it together. Because you belong to the Lord, get it together. Now, the funny thing about these two ladies is, the Bible is really funny. Euodia, Euodia, guess what her name means? It's a fragrance. It's something that smells. Guess what soon Tuke's name means? It has to do with an accident or an occurrence. There was an accident or occurrence that took place, and now everything stinks. And it's funny, but it's true. Is that not true? The Bible tells us one time that when we bring our offering to the Lord, which in the Old Testament, one of the offerings they would bring would be a fragrant smelling aroma up to God. So if you come to your offering and you got something in your heart against your brother, leave that stinking thing there and go get that thing taken care of. I'm just trying to help you. Are you hearing me? And he looks at his brother, this guy he's writing to, my true partner, he said, please help them. Please get in the middle of this. The Bible says, blessed are the peacemakers. For theirs, what? Hmm. <coughs> Today, some of you God would like to use to bring you Odia and Suntuke together. Walking in joy. Something stinks. I could go through all kinds of scripture. This is a choice about forgiveness. Please, because you belong to the Lord. You forgive people because Christ has already forgiven you. I could go back to a I believe it's Matthew 18. Is it Matthew 18? Where, the, where, where there's the, the parable of the, the guy who gets forgiven of much and then goes out and beats up on this dude who owes him like two pennies. Remember that story? He's forgiven millions of dollars. And there's a, the, the piece, we, we did this in our, in our home group a couple, couple weeks ago. Last week, actually, was it last week? Two weeks ago. 
Mike's been beating us up with this idea of forgiveness and stuff. I don't know why. I feel like maybe I'm, you know, okay, Jesus, maybe I'm not there yet. I don't know. I just keep, keep. And there's a piece of scripture that scares me to pieces. Because the Bible says the king, after he found this unforgiving, unforgiving servant who he forgave much of, he goes and hands him over to the torturers. And then Jesus' next words are chilling. It, 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 it goes right through me. It says this, listen. So will my heavenly Father do to you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. <gasps> I, want, I read that a couple of weeks ago, and I just, it just took every bit of breath out of me. Because I used to think, you know, that's just a, that's just a natural occurrence. You know, you just kind of, you, you don't forgive, and bad things kind of happen. It's just not, not according to that piece of scripture Jesus said. My Father will hand you over to the torturers unless you forgive your brother from your heart. There's not much to be joyful about in that scenario right there. I'm just saying. I'm just, uh, am I saying we have to trust? We have this idea that forgiveness and trust are kind of like walking hand in hand. No, they don't. Forgiveness is something we make a choice about today. Trust is something that grows as a relationship becomes restored. You want to be able to trust that person just because you forgave them today. That doesn't make sense. You know what I'm saying? But you begin the path of reinstituting trust by walking with them through stuff. And you begin by letting your heart be right from your heart forgiving. So let's get that together. Somebody really wronged you. Should you trust them with your children? Probably not. I mean, come on. We don't want Bob Smiley doing children's ministry over there. I'm just kidding. And so you know, there's all this scripture in Luke 6. Jesus just makes it perfectly clear that, man, you, if you don't forgive... Uh, if, you're, if, you, if you talk to your brother about something and he repents, you just forgive him. You shall, he says. There are several other places. In and, 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 and Matthew 18, there's that passage about 70 times 7. There's Luke 17, where if somebody wrongs you seven times in a day, you shall, Jesus says. And so these are choices. These are, we have to make that choice. If you're without joy and today you can think of somebody, that, that, as soon as you think their name, your heartbeat goes. Brrr. You know what that means? Your joy level is not where it needs to be because there's unforgiveness in your heart and you need to get deal with, you deal with it. Forgive because God wants to extend grace to others through you. That's the amazing thing. Paul right now in his mind is reminding himself of all the work they were able to accomplish for the kingdom. And right now he knows that work is stifled because that stuff is going on. It's like, remember, we all did this together. And then he goes on. Forgive because God wants you. Paul could have chosen disagreements. It's a beautiful story. Him and, him and Barnabas part ways because of this guy named John Mark. And later on in one of his epistles, he, he writes, he says, and bring John Mark to me. Paul could have chose to live in the disagreement, but Paul goes, you know what? It ain't worth it. It just isn't worth it. Bring John Mark. Bring him with you. Bring him with you. I, I, I want to see him again. I want to walk with him. I want to I hug him. I want him. He's, he's beneficial to us in the ministry. Let's get back on track. Oh, man. The other, the other D here we're going to talk about is found down in verse 6 and 7. He's talking about always be joyful in the Lord. In verse 6 he says, don't worry about anything. Instead, everybody say instead. You can choose happiness, instead choose joy. You can choose distraction, instead choose joy. You can choose disagreement, 
Instead, choose forgiveness, thereby choosing joy. Are you hearing me? Instead, pray about everything, tell God what you need, and thank him for all he has done. This is a choice about fear. This is a choice concerning fear. This is a choice about what's going on in your present situation. Fear has a hold on some of you in your present situation. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow when you show up at work. You don't know what's going to happen today when you go home. You don't know what's going to happen. And all of a sudden, you make every decision, everything you do is based on this, 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 this surrounding scenario. Some of you are concerned about your 401k because the Dow is going, and you don't know what the future holds. And you're making every decision now about your future based on your 401k and, the, the, and what it's not doing right now. It, this thing about fear will take your joy. If you allow fear to be the motivating factor, it will, it will suck every bit of joy out of your life. In your present and your future. He says, tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. I like this. You know what Paul says to do? Going back to that idea of rejoice, to intensively force experiencing joy, to intentionally, he says, Paul's saying, worship with intensity. Think about God's character. Psalm 107, man, is a beautiful piece of scripture. And we, we heard a lady talk about it and, uh, for a whole session, the conference we were at earlier in the month, and I have kind of camped out there. Oh, listen to these words from Psalm 107. Think about God's... Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Has the Lord redeemed you? Then speak out. Tell others he has redeemed you from your enemies, for he has gathered the exiles from the lands, from east and west and north and south. Verse 6 says, Lord, help, they cried in their trouble, and he rescued them from their distress. He led them straight to safety, to a city where they could live. Let them praise the Lord God for his great love and for his wonderful things he has done for them. For he satisfies the thirsty, and he fills the hungry with good things. Lord, help, they cried in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He led them from the darkness and deepest gloom. He snapped their chains. Let them praise the Lord for, he, for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done for them. For he broke down their prison gates of bronze. Lord, help, they cry in their trouble, verse 19. He saved them from their distress. He sent his word and he healed them, snatching them from the door of death. Let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done for them. Let them offer sacrifices of thanksgiving and sing joyfully about his glorious acts. We're going to do that in just a minute here. We're going to thank God for all he has done. We're going to make petition to our God in the realm of thanksgiving and watch God do some amazing stuff. So you've been dried up and tired and wore out. Today, we're going to fill your joy tank, worshiping around the things God has done in his character. Lord, help, they cried in their trouble. He saved them from their distress. He calmed the storm to a whisper, and he stilled the waves. What a blessing was that stillness, and he brought them safely to harbor. Let them praise the Lord for his great love, for the wonderful things he has done for them. Let them exalt him publicly before the congregation, before the leaders of the nation. The godly will see these things, verse 42 says, and be glad while the wicked are struck silent. Those who are wise will take all this heart. They will see in our history the faithful love of the Lord. Worship team, you can probably start coming this way. Let me encourage you to do something else. Work on your testimony. Think about what God's done. Begin to work on the things God has done for you. 
Begin to chronicle the things God has saved you out of, helped you through, got you out of, taken care of you in. Think about those things. In Acts, we're going we're, we're to end up, here's what happened when we walk in a place of thanksgiving. Psalm 136 talks about, and we, we, we did this a couple weeks ago, or a few weeks ago, a few months ago, whenever it was, I don't know when it was. Give thanks, Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures to, to forever. Give thanks to the God of gods. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. His faithful love endures forever. That's his character. He remembers us in our weakness. His faithful love endures forever. He saved us from his enemies. His faithful love endures forever. He gives food to every living thing. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to God, the God of heavens. His faithful love endures forever. What has God done for you? Today, I want you guys to, 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 to we're going to end on, a, on an attitude of worship right here, right now. And I want you to encourage yourself in something. Think about God's character. He's faithful. Then think about what God has done for you. Begin to chronicle the things God has already done for you. A few years ago, we did a, did a 3T service. And what we did, as far as the interactive part, we put these banner things up here. And I asked people, as this music was going on, I want you to come up here and write down, just write quickly, you know, my son's salvation paid the bills, whatever, healed, whatever. You got me? And begin to make a list. And what we're going to do this morning is do that exact same thing. We're going to chronicle what God has done for us. These boards will be here. If you get to the bottom of the list and anything is full, I want you to, I want you to rip, the, rip the paper off the board, take a couple pieces of tape, and go stick it to the wall. And don't stop. Everybody just keep coming. Because what's going to happen? We're going to have leaders sitting up here in the front. And, it, and with thanksgiving, we're going to make our petitions known. If you need prayer for something, you need a healing. You need God to show up big in some way. You need to be introduced to this person of Christ because you don't have joy and you don't know him. We will introduce him to you. The focus of our joy is this person called Jesus. He came that we might live. He died so that we could live. He lived so we can have heaven as our home. Listen to me. You want joy, it starts with him. And one of these leaders would be glad to introduce him to you. We are going, the Bible says when we do this, when we, when we make our petitions known, when we, when we refuse to get distracted, when we refuse to walk in disagreement, when we refuse to walk in distress, he says, we're always full of joy in the Lord. He says these words, then the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will, will, will guard your hearts and your minds. It's beyond anything we can understand. You want some of that this morning? That's why we're flipping things around. We want to end on Thanksgiving, not start with Thanksgiving. Something we should continue all the time, not just on a Thursday, the last week of November. It wasn't an American thing, it's a God thing. Are you hearing me? Leaders, will you come stand in the front row? Everybody stand with me. If you don't know Christ, we're going to, make our, we're going to bring our offering to the Lord during this time. Just stay here in the front row. You guys understand like you normally do? Just stand on the front row, kind of face. If you want to come pray, you can come pray. We're going to make our offering. We're going to bring our offerings to the Lord in the middle of this. We're going to pray for one another in the middle of this. If this pew gets full, some of you can come over here and sit on this end. we got plenty of space. I want you to come. Bring your offering. I want you to come. Offer your thanks. I want you to come and bring your petition to the Lord in the attitude of thanksgiving. And we're going to camp out here till we're done. Okay? Jesus, if you don't know Jesus, come to him. Come to him today. Do not wait. Do not stop. He will take care of the problems. He will remove the stuff. He will take care of you.
Jesus, everybody just lift your hands up. And right now, let an attitude of gratitude come upon you. Jesus, we've given in to stuff. We've given in to distraction. We've given in, Lord Jesus, to disagreements. We've given in, God, to distress and fear. And God, in this moment, we choose to come for you and come for you in gratitude and thankfulness. God, you've already done so much. God, I, I keep reciting those words that I hear Dave Ramsey say all the time. How are you doing? I'm better than I deserve. Lord, let that saturate us. God, we, 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 you are already given us better than we deserve. You've already done more for us than we could do for ourselves. God, you've already made heaven our home. God, in this moment, let gratitude grab us. Let thankfulness overtake our hearts. And God, as we make these lists and worship you and bring our petitions and our offering before you, God, let it be that which is full of heart, full of joy, full of hope. And God, let your peace that passes all understanding be upon us. Lord, we trust you and we love you, God. In Jesus' name. Bring your offering. Whatever. Those who sat in darkness and in the shadow of death bound in affliction and irons because they rebelled against the words of God and despised the counsel of the Most High. That's you, that's me. Regardless of your upbringing, that's you and that's me before we met him. Therefore he brought down their heart with labor. They fell down and there was none to help. Then they cried out, Lord, in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. How many of you are very glad you have been saved out of your distresses? He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and broke their chains in pieces. I'm glad for the chains that have been broken on my life. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness. That's what we're about ready to do. And for his wonderful works to the children of men. Thank you, Lord, for our salvation leads me to Romans 8. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. For all creation is waiting eagerly for that day. After he has saved us out of Psalms 107, he saved us. This is where we're at now. Yet what we suffer now is nothing to be compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. For all creation is waiting eagerly for that day when God will reveal who His children really are. Against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse, but with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. Oh, I can't wait for that day. <laughs> For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to this present time. The church is groaning. Stuff doesn't matter to real Christians anymore. 
that scripture back up there said that it, it will show whose children really are his. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to this present time. And we believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory. Let me say this. And we believers also groan. I groaned this morning. Don't shoot me down or throw stones at me, but I groaned this morning. I got up and said, there's got to be more than this. There's got to be more than me going to church triumphant and making music this morning. And I said, God, please, let me not be ungrateful. Let me not be this one that always has to have more and something new. I hope you look at what I have or who I am. If you know me, you know that that's not me. For we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. I said, God, search me. See if it's just a fleshly desire on the inside of me that needs more. We too wait with eager hope for that day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children. We don't have it yet. Including the new bodies he has promised us. Oh, you think you look great now. You just wait. We were given this hope. We were given this hope. It was given to you the day you were saved, the moment you were saved. The Bible says we were already given this hope, this hope of eternal life, of eternal life. We've already been given this hope. If we, have all, if we already have something, we don't need to continue hoping for it. But if we look forward to something that we don't have yet, we do what? Two things right here. We wait patiently and confidently. Let me tell you, when I got up from prayer on July 14th, 1991, my mouth was not silenced. It was not silenced. Church, when you have met him and he has jerked you out of darkness and made you new, and not made you prosperous in this world by money standards, not by economic standards, not by where you live, what you drive, what you possess. But when he has given you that promise at that moment and you've been jerked out of darkness, you realize you were wretched and sick and on your way to hell until that moment that he gave you his son. We're able to wait confidently, patiently. I've never been fearful of cancer, but I've been fearful lately of cancer. I've never. I've always had this thought. I'll always be healthy. My body's strong. And with Christ in my body, I'm twice as strong. Come on, devil. I'd be a good one to pick on. Not lately. I haven't said that. Listen, he roams. The devil roams across this earth looking to, possess, to get us with something. Our suffering, I think, is... Is just for light affliction. Then it goes on to say, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. Verse 26, and I'll, pair, I'll go real quick, but it says that even when we don't know what to pray, the Holy Spirit prays for us. And this says, when the Holy Spirit prays, you may not understand it, but God does. And it says, when the Holy Spirit call, gives you a prayer and you pray it, you don't understand it, but God understands it and it lines up with His will. Aaron's been preaching lately, uh, and, it, and I just think about that, how I, so much I need my life to line up with the will of God. And I need to have joy and not happiness. But it goes on down to talk about He gave His own Son and all those things. 
Then it goes to verse 31, and you'll see this. You'll see this right here. You'll see Psalms 107. Thomas, don't be afraid to leave words today and go back to Psalms 107 and go back, go back to Romans 8, 31 through uh, 37 or 38. Go, go all the way down through the chapter today. Don't be afraid to do that. They don't need words on this screen of songs. They need God's word. What shall we say, verse 31, about such wonderful things that's been given to us? about the deliverance he jerked us out of, about his son, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit that quickens our mortal flesh. What shall we say about these such wonderful things? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Kill your body. You've only got a hope of eternity. Since he did not spare even his own son, he gave it all up for us. Won't he also give up everything else for us? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one. For God himself has given us right standing with him. And we worry about so many other things. I'm there too. Let me say that. I can be there. Who then will condemn us? No one. No one will condemn me. For Christ Jesus died for me and was raised to life for us and he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand pleading for us can anything ever separate us from Christ's love does it mean he no longer can love us or have trouble or calamity or persuaded or hunger or persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death as the scriptures say for your sake we're killed every day no despite all these things overwhelming victory is ours through Christ Jesus. Let me tell you, if you believe that today, you can do those two things. You can wait patiently and with confidence. And if you've got confidence in what God's done for you, your mouth will never be silenced. Can anything ever separate us from God, Christ's love? Nothing can. I'm convinced that nothing can separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels or demons, neither our fears today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation, nothing, nothing will ever be able to separate us from His love that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I want to live like that. I want to live dangerous. I want to be able to get close to the edge and not be fearful because I know He leadeth me. He leadeth me by His own hand. He leadeth me. You'll see the songs today take us from our sinfulness to how great He is in the second song. And how we as believers want to live close and in His arms. Oh, we don't, I don't want to be just saved. I want to live close. How many of you want to live close? Without you, I live my life in blindness, but now I'm found, and I'll sing, sing, I'll 
Verse 1 again. It used to be darkness without you. the time the scriptures say in Philippians 4 to make your petitions known with thanksgiving today while some of us are coming in writing some of you should be coming right here right now and say I got a focus problem please pray for me so you should be coming going, I got a forgiveness problem please pray for me so you should be coming up and say I got a fear problem please pray for me so you should be saying I got a salvation problem I don't have it please help me and know Jesus come let's pray with you while this is going on come put thanksgiving on the screens in the atmosphere of thanksgiving where we do thanksgiving we bring our petitions to god we don't let fear rule us that's where god moves and the peace of god that passes understanding saturates our lives 
Today, if you have any issue, it doesn't be about a distraction or a focus issue or a forgiveness problem or anything. It could be anything. It could be a fear problem. It could be anything. In the atmosphere where Thanksgiving is being propagated, that is the place where God answers the prayers of his people. The Bible says he inhabits the praise of his people. Let's move right now. There's leaders standing here. There's worship going on all around us. Fill up these charts. Fill up your heart with the joy of the Lord and do that. Come now. If you have a need, come now. If you have an issue, come now. If you're thankful for something, come now. Anything. Don't You're more thankful people than that, aren't you? When we were here for 40 minutes with about 12 or 15 people, we filled up like eight charts in about 40 minutes with just a few of us here. The rest of you can jump in. This is your chance to interact. This is your chance to be not just a part, watch worship happen, to be a part of worship. Are you with me? Go for it.